Hello and welcome to this edition of our AWS podcast series, Innovation Ambassadors. I'm Sarah Armstrong and as Senior Manager for Worldwide Prototyping at AWS, along with my AWS co-hosts from around the world, we'll act as your ambassadors to some of the most interesting engagements with our AWS Solutions Architecture prototyping teams. Every episode, we provide you with a roadmap to innovation in technology solutions. We're so glad you joined us on this journey. On this episode, we showcase the journey of Utopus Insights, a subsidiary of Vestas, the world's largest turbine manufacturer, and Utopus's mission to provide global digital solutions to accelerate the integration of renewable energy into the modern grid. We'll learn about their work with the AWS prototyping team to develop a secure, scalable, connected platform for wind turbines. I'm excited to welcome Magna Borgand, Chief Growth Officer from Utopus Insights. Magna, thanks so much for being here. Thanks a lot for the invite, Sarah. It's a pleasure being here. And also joining us from Utopus Insights is Gopi Manan Achari, Principal Software Engineer. Gopi, thanks for being here. Thank you, Sarah. Pleasure to be here. And from AWS, we have Senior Prototyping Engineer, Tamil Jayakumar. Tamil, always great to chat with you. Hey, Sarah. Pleasure meeting you. So happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, Magna, for our global audience, can you tell us a little bit about Utopus Insights? Utopus Insights was founded in 2017 with a vision to orchestrate the future of energy today. And actually, a year later, we were acquired by Vestas and are now a fully owned subsidiary. And Together with the expert and the domain expertise from Vestas and their customers, we are driving our vision by providing a platform that allows us to connect with the renewable assets of our customers and then process the data and the signals coming back from these renewable assets and then give our customers insights to how their assets are performing. So that's, in a nutshell, what we're doing, Sarah. Well, you know, in 2019, Amazon was the first company to take the Global Climate Pledge, which is a commitment to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2040. And certainly renewable energy uh, resources is an important element of that. Can you talk to us a little bit about how important this mission is? Oh, I think we are all facing the consequences of this on a daily basis. We see extreme weather picking up in all corners of the world. We see even security of supply being threatened in many corners of the world where we have taken energy supply for granted. And I think it's quite clear we cannot continue to pollute as we do while generating electricity. So we have already come a long way in demonstrating that renewable technology has a future and is the future, but we need to be able to implement this renewable technology at scale. And what we need to do is to help the owners and operators of these renewable technologies to implement them in a smart way. They have a legacy of more than 100 years generating electricity, but renewable assets are different. They are spread out. They have, are very different from conventional energy. And therefore, providing a platform that allows them to drive the profitability to optimize the production of renewable energy is what we need. 
And I would like to remind us, a report from the International Energy Agency published only a few weeks ago. They predict that we as planet Earth are going to double the installed capacity of renewables within the next five years. That's a massive undertaking for us as human mankind. And that is why we are sitting here, because we're a part of that mission to make that ambition a realization. That's amazing and exciting. Gopi, talk to us about building that vision into a reality. How did you come to work with Tamil and his team? Our application is a one-stop shop for our customers. That means they can visualize their data, perform analytics, create reports. But our customers also want their remote operating center or ROC engineers to acknowledge and reset alerts, stop and start the turbines, curtail turbines, even send forecast to the grid. So they're expecting a complete experience from our application. So when we started off, we wanted to interact with the turbines to send, to control the turbine. We wanted to interact with the turbines. So in order to interact with turbines, we we wanted a new technology because that technology is not there as an out-of-the-box services from anywhere. So so that is when we contacted our lead solution architect, um, uh, Sam Ward-Bibble. Sam actually introduced us to the prototyping team and I met Thamo as a lead developer and solution architect of the prototyping team. Tamil, take us through a little bit about the approach from a technology standpoint. Utopus uh, was already doing a lot of technically advanced stuff related to how they collect information or data from their wind turbines. A smart move that they did was to use AWS Greengrass IoT for collecting information from all these various assets that they have spread across the globe. And in order for that to do that, they used a very famous protocol called the Open Platform Communications, or OPC, in which they used a unified architecture, which is much more secure and robust in sending data packets uh, out to anywhere else, any other system out there. And they used a public AWS component, a Greengrass public component called the OPC UA collector component, which what it does is it takes the data that is coming from these OPC UA servers and converts them into a Kinesis stream and then streams the data to the AWS cloud. And that's how they have been reading this data or taking in this data and and giving it to the AWS cloud for further processing. Now, what we needed to do here was to create a bi-directional data flow between AWS cloud and these OPC UA servers. In order to do that, as Gopi mentioned, we didn't have an uh, out-of-the-box solution. So we created a custom OPC UADA connector component for them in AWS IoT Greengrass itself. And then we re-architected their existing solution in such a way that users can then bi-directionally with a full duplex capacity will be able to send and receive data simultaneously. And it sounds like you also had a very flexible approach to the architecture. Gopi, why was that important? We have different protocols and different communication protocols and different turbines. So when we actually develop a component like this, we wanted to make sure that it can be extended to various protocols in the future. So this architecture, what we are looking for, has to be in such a way that it can be extended and can be used for many other protocols to come, right? Because we have wide variety of uh, protocols and uh, turbines out there. And Magna, you mentioned that 100 years of development, that's sort of a reflection of that, isn't it? 
Yes, certainly. I mean, I think we have had a utility space, we have had electricity generation evolving over 100 years. But I think the revolution that we have seen over the last, let's say, 20 years, where we have seen a significant scale up across the world, has of course happened in different ways based on the resources available in the different corners of the world. So also the available technology that was in a region from the beginning laid somehow the foundation for that local renewable industry. But what we as Utopus are, are seeking to do and what is now happening globally is, of course, we have to provide customers with the tools and the means to optimize their global renewable capacity. And that is why it is so essential to have the right kind of flexible technology to offer our customers a, a, a one-stop shop, back to what Kopi was saying earlier, to ensure that no matter where they are, no matter what technology they are seeking to onboard our platform, we have the solution for them, we are agnostic, and we can then help our customers realize their business objectives. Tom, will take us through a little bit of how you implemented that bi-directionality. When we investigated the existing architecture patterns, we got in touch with a lot of industrial experts within AWS. We do have technical field communities. We also have our pros of engineers and also engineers who specialize in industrial IoT. When I got in touch with the industrial edge IoT team, they did advise that it is not because of a technical roadblock that they did not implement the site-wise collector to be bidirectional, but it was more from a security and a compliance angle where in industry environment, we need to have line of sight before we start controlling a particular equipment. And that's the reason why AWS is not giving out a bidirectionality by default and out of the box. But in this situation, the OPC UA servers have been fortified with sufficient backup plans and security algorithms so that the end equipment, in this case wind turbines, are not accidentally taken or overridden control away from unwanted or unwarranted parties. So we took that into consideration and we started analyzing the OPC UA platform itself. Then we started identifying various client libraries and then we used or implemented a client library where we started making a connection to the OPC UA server, then started reading the data and writing the data. And we deployed this entire custom OPC UA DA connector component into the Greengrass core device, which is in this case the OPC UA server itself. And once we were able to do that, we simply used the existing technique that is, comes inherent with the Greengrass setup itself to then start to collect this information and to also send information or put information from AWS cloud and then control the end equipment and also make sure that we are doing it in a safe and a secure fashion. That safety and security is so important for your architectural considerations, wasn't it, Gopi? It's, it's a very important. And as Samuel mentioned, there, there is a reason why AWS has only site-wise collector. There is a specific reason why it is called collector because it was not bidirectional because of the security reasons only, right? This custom component, one of the biggest challenges for us to make sure this custom component is securely installed at the customer site and only authorized and users or components from the cloud can interact with that component. This was a very important for us. In fact, we in Tamil and uh, myself, we are we, we we kind of decided to use most of the out of the box functionality out there, which is already part of AWS Greengrass to make sure that components are secure. For example, we were using X509 certificates for message authentications, and we wanted to make sure that all those communications are secured when we talk to the component from our cloud. 
And Magnus, again, from a business perspective, user perspective, so important to ensure that only those authorized individuals are able to control that important technology and equipment, yeah. Absolutely, Sarah. As you can imagine, I mean, we, we have a situation now where I think there are multiple aspects that are playing in. One, the fact that renewable power generation has gone from being kind of ignorable, it hasn't really played a significant role in supplying the energy system with power, it is now increasing to become a significant source of generation across the world. And while we historically were focused on the security aspect, should to kind of avoid, you had fences around the large power plant installations to avoid unwanted visitors. And in more, let's say, unstable regions, you would also be afraid of attacks on this kind of infrastructure. Now we have this threat, not only from the conventional side, but of course the cyber threat. And therefore it is essential for the security of supply, for literally keeping the light on in our modern societies, dependent on a stable electricity supply. It is essential that we keep the access and the, the even to individual turbines safe. So you're absolutely right. Cyber security and the highest standards possible are critical and our customers are not expecting anything less than a safe solution. So Gopi, you know, we often talk in this podcast to demystify innovation, right? And talk about experimentation through the lens of it being okay to fail or have challenges or obstacles in our path. Was there something here that you found uniquely challenging in the work that was being done? There are various challenges in our engagement. Uh, One of them being, as I mentioned earlier, different communication protocols and different turbines and its legacy turbines, many, many other stuff, right? So we, uh, it was very difficult for us to cover all the communication protocols. So we dealt with that situation by defining, scoping our prototype engagement to certain protocols, so PCUA protocol and with extended goal of DA protocol. That is one of the main challenges in our engagement. And second challenge was, as I mentioned earlier, security was one of the biggest challenges in our that we almost covered with the existing services, out of the box services from AWS itself. That is one part of the engagement then that's not it from the cybersecurity point of view. Then we have to make sure that when we actually go and deploy to the production, we wanted additional security aspect to it. That is something that we are uh, we are overcoming that. Talk to us a little bit about that. Where are we now? Tomal and the team were there for a few weeks. You were able to establish this duplex communication, control the turbines. Where are we now? Immediately after the engagement, uh, we we started off uh, productizing the code to make it production ready. And currently we are now working on deploying this solution to our customers because customers want it. So we are getting the feedback from the customers and extend this functionality for our wide range of protocols. That's the biggest, next biggest challenges in front of us. That customer feedback, Magna, is so important. We talk about that at Amazon a lot of being a very customer-obsessed company. It sounds like you're implementing this in the same way. 
we need to grow with the needs of our customers and therefore being flexible, being to turn around quickly, uh, as you said earlier, learn quickly from our mistakes and then really meet the needs of our customers, but ideally also to be able to facilitate and describe a solution that kind of goes beyond what actually our customers have thought of. They might explain to us a problem or a pain point and it is for us to then come back to them with a solution and these will continue to evolve and that's why we need to, to be on our toes and collaborate. Final thoughts for our listeners as you reflect on the learnings and challenges of this engagement. Tomo, what would you share? Being an electrical engineer myself, working in this opportunity put me real close to how the wind industry typically operates. And especially, I, I couldn't stop appreciating the sophistication that goes inside these wind turbines. The security measures and the length of how much uh, care and guidance is needed in ensuring that continuous power is being delivered from these renewable energy sources. Uh, that was really amazing. And the second major learning for me is on the protocol itself. And I was able to fortify my existing knowledge on how industrial IoT typically operates by unifying such protocols and how well AWS Greengrass and AWS IoT Core offers our customers with unique solutions without worrying about scalability or any of the undifferentiated heavy lifting that is typically involved in such complex processes. And final thoughts to you, Magna, what would you share with our listeners? Personally, I have to say, I mean, I'd like to build on what Tamil was saying, that we discover through these type of collaborations that there are areas that we don't know that much about. And being a business graduate myself with pretty much commercial exposure most of my life to renewable assets, though, I knew quite a bit about how they were behaving. But what this collaboration has shown to me is that it is when you combine the ecosystem of expertise that you really can take the offering and meet customer needs to a next level. Here we kind of were able to combine the scalability and the expertise that AWS provides compared to our industry and turbine knowledge as Utopus Insights. And that helped us within the shortest time possible to turn around and develop a solution that we, as Gopi mentioned earlier, are now unleashing and providing our customers. And it's exactly this type of heavy lifting together that will enable us and actually makes me optimistic that the transformation of the renewable industry, the ability to double the installed capacity over the next five years is a doable mission. If we continue, not only in the microcosmos of AWS and Utopus Insights, but if we across this industry can facilitate the same type of collaboration, then we will hit our targets and the world will be a much better place to live for future generations. Wonderful. It's such an inspiring story. And I just want to thank you, Magna, Gopi, and Tamil for being here today to share that journey with us. And thank you also for the work you're doing and creating a more sustainable future for, our, like you said, the next generation. Thank you, Sarah, Magni, and Tamil. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Gopi. Thank you, Sarah and Tamil. It's been a pleasure being here and uh, take care. I'd like to thank our listeners for coming on today's journey with us. Innovation Ambassadors is a production of the AWS Media Series. Look for future episodes of our vodcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite streaming platform. If you have ideas for future episodes or comments on this one, send us a tweet at hashtag AWS Innovation Ambassadors and share your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you.